As I was looking over Yahoo News, it talked about how these guys lived in ten- who live in Tennessee decided that they wanted to go ahead and um, capitalize on the opportunity that was presented because of the um, of the virus that's going on, the coronavirus. And so they went all through Tennessee and traveled over 1,300 miles, stocked up on respirator masks, hand sanitizer, antibacterial wipes, in order to be able to then market them on Amazon and eBay and make some money off of them. Turns out that Amazon and eBay started to find out that other people were trying to do that and they were jacking up the prices, and so as a result of that, they shut that down. Garage full of 17,700 bottles of, anti-bac- of, of hand sanitizer and thousands and thousands of uh, antibacterial wipes and so on and so forth that he cannot sell. Their business plan maybe sounded okay, but it basically was focused on capitalizing on the fears of people. We live in a fearful time, don't we? All you gotta do is turn on the news, and I refuse to watch it very much, okay? Simply because fear breeds fear. And there is a lot, a lot of fear in the air. Maybe there's some fear in this room too. And today, folks, we're varying a little from our, from our text this morning. You were, we were going to be in Ephesians, but I think it's important for us to deal with this because this is where we live and this is what we're dealing with. And we have fears. And many of us in this room are here, and yet we're kind of nervous because we're fearful that we're going to get sick. There are those who are online who are staying at home because you're fearful of getting sick. Sometimes we get so focused on the fear of not having enough. And all you needed to do this past week was go into the grocery stores and you saw that. I wish I had pictures of the empty racks of toilet paper, you know, the empty shelves. It was crazy. It was nuts. And the thing that really kind of gets me is that this is an upper respiratory virus that is hitting everybody and and people are stocking up on toilet paper. I don't see the connection. I'm sorry, okay? Uh, It just kind of becomes a little bit humorous. But as a result of that, I found myself when I saw one lady walking by with 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 a cart full of toilet paper, I thought, Man, I need to go get some. You know, there's almost that fear of missing out. You know, I need to have that too. Or maybe there's the fear of not being in control of things, and I think that's where a lot of people are today. Fear, a lot of times we have the fear of not achieving our dreams and our potential. We also have the fear of not being as good as others could be or as bad or wanting to avoid being as bad as they were. I just talked to somebody who told me of someone that is dealing with the fear of never being happy enough. I, I deserve to be happy is what we say. 
and we're fearful. Even as God's people, we're fearful. You see, the reality is that fear paralyzes. The common responses that I saw on Google were to freeze, flee, or fight when fear hits. But most of our actions are simply reactions and not responses. I love the lyrics. Um, I think it's Zach Williams wrote, and we've heard this multiple times here. When they told you, when he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you that you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough, fear. He's a liar. He will take your breath and stop you in your steps. Oh, fear, he is a liar. He will rob your rest and steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire, because fear is a liar. When he told you you were troubled, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed, when he told you you could be the one that grace could never change, fear, he is a liar. He is a liar. Now, folks, having said all that, the coronavirus or COVID-19, however you want to call it, is a very serious threat to our nation. And it's a real threat for each of us. And I think that it is a wise thing that today has been designated as a national day of prayer because we really need that. God needs to show up in this because it's affecting millions and millions, if not billions of people. And the potential can be catastrophic and we cannot contain this on our own. Only God can bring an end to it. So how do we respond? The Bible has multiple passages that talk about fear. And the Bible also calls on us, God's people, not to fear. And yet at the same time, Jesus says that in this world you will have trouble. But then he adds, but do not fear because I have overcome the world. This does not insulate us. The situations that we face do not insulate us from and say, oh, this will not affect me. It may affect us. It may affect us deeply. Let's, let's, not, let's not be unrealistic in what we say. But Jesus has still overcome the world. And that is where we place our hope. It's said that there is at least one passage of Scripture in the Bible that says, Do not fear for every day of the year. I did some research and I found out that depending on the translations that you have, some translations have do not fear somewhere between 97 and 103 times and others have it like 486 times. Just because the whole gist of the fearlessness is called upon. But even if it's only 100 times, 
I think it's very significant that God reminds us over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You don't want me to say that a hundred times. Not to fear. Because he knows that it can grip us, it can paralyze us, it can keep us from doing so many things for his glory. And that's why the psalmist says in Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 also says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. Surely I will help you and strengthen you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, for those of us who are part of the church of Jesus Christ, fearful times give us the opportunity to reflect him as we'll talk about today. We can pray. We can contact our neighbors and offer to do the grocery shopping that he mentioned or do lawn work or, or just phone them in person. If they've isolated themselves completely, that gets lonely and it gets lonely real quick. And we can have a conversation with them and find out how they're doing. If you want to do something here at the church, maybe you can show up here someday and and help disinfect the, the children's areas and make sure that those areas are nice and clean and disinfected for whenever the kids do come back and whenever we're able to go ahead and do that on a regular basis. You see, that's so important for us to do. It's not an issue of us getting into our cocoons and just simply isolating ourselves from everybody. But how can God use us in those situations? Because we face fearful times. There's a passage over in Mark chapter 4 that kind of hit me uh, the, the other day. Pam and I were talking about this and, and it, was, uh, it was pretty sobering to be dealing with this. And as I was reading this passage of Scripture, it struck me that the disciples were in a boat with Jesus and a storm squall came up. I mean, they were with Jesus. And we can say that we we are with Jesus. We're trying to follow him. But this storm squall came up, and these were seasoned fishermen, and it must have been a pretty heavy storm squall because they got scared. And Jesus was over on one side of the boat. He was sound asleep, taking a nap from a busy day. And they wake him up and said, Master, don't you care if we drown? And he got up. He spoke to the wind and the waves. And the wind died down, and everything, and the water was completely calm. And then he said, why? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I mean, they had seen Jesus do all these marvelous things in their lives. They had seen him perform miracles up until this point. And yet at the same time, he had to ask them that question. Sometimes we can find ourselves knowing that Jesus is with us and still be afraid. 
And when he asks, do you still have no faith? He calls us to question whether or not we're trusting in him or whether or not we're trusting in our own abilities. We don't know how long the COVID-19 pandemic is going to last. But we know that Jesus has no end and no, no beginning and no end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. And he is greater than any pandemic that can come. And we must trust in the one who has time in his hands. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. A.W. Tozier said it well, that a scared world needs a fearless church. Folks, while we want to be cautious, while we want to be responsible, this is an opportunity for us to stand up and be fearless. Fearless for Christ. Fearless in our witness. Fearless in our disposition of showing love and grace to people. Even when selfishness seems to run rampant. Wally Rendell posted this on Facebook. Retired minister that said that, that is fully devoted to Christ. He says nothing is as contagious as fear. In Second Chronicles chapter twenty, fear swept through Judah and Jerusalem as nations rose up against Israel and King Jehoshaphat, and God told the king. Don't be afraid or dismayed, for the battle is not yours but God's. And the king led the nation as they fell down and worshiped song and prayer, and deliverance came. And he says, during these foreboding times, we need to do the same. We need to worship. We need to sing. We need to pray. Whether it be at home or whether it be in a public place like this, and remember, don't trade what you know, that which is God's promises, for what you don't know, the fearful unknown. Don't doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Remember, the battle is not yours, but God's. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua was facing a really, really big thing in his life. He was taking over the reins of leadership from Moses, the greatest leader that Israel ever had. He had died, and now it was Joshua's turn to lead the people into the promised land, to to provide deliverance and and to overcome and to conquer everything that that God had laid before them. And an angel of the Lord... And some think that it is the pre-incarnate Jesus appeared before him. And three times he said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. 
three times is symbolic in in the Bible for strength and perfection. And I believe God is saying to us, whether we be here or online, you be strong. You be courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? Amen. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name thanking you. You are with us, and we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what we will face. We don't know what's going to happen. But we know that you're there. We know that you're with us. We know that you love us. We know, Lord, that if we are submissive to you, you will use us. So I pray for the courage to do that. And I pray that we'll believe in you more than we believe in ourselves. I pray that we'll believe in you more than we believe in what is taking place around us. I pray that we'll believe in you more than we believe our circumstances. I pray that we will believe in you more than we believe in the news media and in all the fatalism that seems to be out there. I pray, Father, that we will rest ourselves and rest firmly in facts, but most of all that we will rest in you. Because you're the giver of all truth, and you're the, you know, if facts are truth, then we can rely on them. But that we won't go listening to everybody who says this and says that. But that instead we will be prayerful, that we will seek your wisdom, that you will empower us with your spirit. Not just to focus on what could happen but focus more on what it is that you call us to do, to make a difference in people's lives. And right now, there are people that are questioning. There are people that are wondering, may this be a time of harvest where people come to know you, where people will turn to you. May we be your hands and feet, your voice. May we be used by you for your name's honor and glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.